Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Anami Rest, the founder at Purple Beach and managing director and COO at Energy Innovation Hub. Anami has been both an operator and uh, an investor, and she, she has also been a former uh, people leader at uh, amazing companies like eBay, Skype, PayPal, PepsiCo, among uh, others. Anami, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Likewise. So let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, so who is Anami Ress? Yeah, so sometimes I feel a bit schizophrenic, right? Because <laughs> on the one hand, um, I, at Energy, where I'm managing director of our fund, work on both sourcing, investing, and really growing, scaling startups that are focused on the future of energy. Um, we fundamentally believe that the future of energy will be technology enabled. And so we work across London, Silicon Valley, Berlin, and Tel Aviv to find the cutting edge startups and businesses that can help accelerate the energy transition. Um, and, we, and the really interesting thing there is that we don't only focus on energy related startups, we actually look at adjacent sectors, enablers, etc. So it's really fascinating um, just seeing such amazing talent and businesses out there on a regular scale. Um, and yeah, we were just saying traveling and seeing them in future will be interesting. We're going to have to think about how we have virtual pitches, how we virtually connect with you know, businesses, etc. But that's a separate topic. And then um, after my time at eBay, PayPal and Skype, I um, also started my own business, um, which is Purple Beach. And we focus on helping traditional corporates to really innovate around their business models, which is very opportune based on where we are today um, for what we call the new normal. How do they get ready? And more often than not, those businesses also connect in with um, startups across the world to help them with that. And so what I wanted to say was I've been an entrepreneur. It's hard. So I've sat on both sides of the fence um, and got a lot of war scars and lessons learned. Absolutely. And it's, it's amazing when I have a, a guest like you, because we started the show covering the typical venture packets uh, mm -hmm. cycle going from, let's say, the scale up stage, 1 million to 100 million, getting there from five to seven years, venture packets. And then we started covering companies like Qualtrics was acquired by SAP going yeah. from 100 million to 1B and now we are covering companies like BASF, Bayer, uh, Schneider Electric among others going from 1B to 1Tree being 1Tree the inspirational exactly. uh, threshold because the largest company in the planet nowadays uh, by the, re the re recordings is uh, Walmart with 540p half a trillion so still Amazing. a long way to go hmm. to a trillion in revenues trillion in revenues i think that apple and microsoft already yeah uh, yeah this week there. i think it was announced yeah mm -hmm. exactly perfect and um so so you covered all those stages that that's the point that i wanted to mm -hmm. uh, to make and um, and let's go to the three critical ingredients uh, that we always comment on the show and you are uh, more than allowed, and uh, we would even appreciate to challenge them and say that we okay. should cover another free ingredient. So number one, radical focus, number two, world-class leadership, and number three, 
a culture of uh, execution. Starting with number one, radical focus, everyone has been preparing their plans for 2020. And uh, in, in China, in, in December and January, things become a little bit shaken. And uh, in the rest of the world, mm -hmm. I would say uh, March, early March, things become much, much more different. And we have been uh, aligning to the new situation uh, during mm -hmm. uh, the last um, yeah. weeks. So a lot of reassessing, refocusing, going to war mode. And I believe that radical focus is even more important during wartime, during the pandemic crisis. So how do you help, and also with your people uh, background, uh, how do you help a team and, and leaders to go uh, from one mindset to another and how to redefine critical priorities for the year with so much uncertainty, so much, so we don't know if we should, if we should go for the worst case of two years yeah. with the worst case of six months, uh, or with the worst case of, of September. Now it's, it's becoming a little bit more clear, but uh, just five or six weeks ago, it was impossible to get to know yeah. this. And we are recording this episode on May 1st. This is, this is relevant to say to the, to the audience. Anyway, sorry for the long question. No, no, no. Uh, yes, I think your, your first rule, which is um, a radical focus, I would just add one thing to that, which is radical focus with no compromise. And um, that doesn't mean one is inflexible, um, but it just means that once you decide to go down a path, don't compromise on your people choices, your product choices, and what you want to do for your customer. And I think that is both true, both in terms of wartime and in terms of our normal you know, times that we face. And I think for me, where I learned those lessons the hardest um, where was when I was working in businesses like eBay, PayPal and Skype, when they were scaling, when they were very young. And I can put up my hand that I think one of the biggest lessons I learned there was not to compromise on people and talent. And so I think the businesses that will be successful will be the ones who have this radical focus. Um, but even now you have to have radical focus on finding the right people because the right people can help you in the good times, in the challenging times, in the super amazing times. So you should always over hire. Um, but that was not the point I was going to make. So what do we, how do I try and advise um, the, the businesses that we work with? Well, for me, the first thing is really it's a mindset topic as well. I, I think we all have choices. I think we have to be realistic around the huge amount of challenges that we will face both commercially and personally i think life will never be the same again mm -hmm. um, however we now have the choice to say i am going to radically focus on how bad everything is and just hunker down and try and save and secure my business or what i've seen with some amazing founders a couple out of israel as well that i'm thinking about now that we recently worked with they stopped and said look how can we respect the reality of the situation, but also turn it into an opportunity to really either make a difference in the world or offer a new, um, a new connection opportunity with our customers? So that, that's what I've seen in, this, in the startup context. And then what I've actually seen in some of the bigger corporates that we work with. In that context, I've seen that um, actually the ones that are different are the ones who are sending their sales teams out 
to talk to customers, not to sell to them at the moment, but to say to them, how can we help you? So that radical focus is around um, really still again, once again, putting people at the front and center of everything, whether it's your team, whether it's your customers, embracing a mindset of the possible, which really could be hard. I know it can be hard in these circumstances, but you know what, if you choose to embrace that mindset whilst being realistic, that it's super hard and you're going to have to make amazingly significant trade-offs and decisions that aren't going to be easy. I think you know that, that will help people get through this both commercially and personally. And then the one other point I would say in terms of radical focus is, uh, yes, it's important to focus on what's happening now, but actually it's more important to focus on what comes after. And again, the businesses and the startups that I see who are, who are going to come out of this really well are the ones that are able to think both of how to navigate through what is today, but actually also ready to anticipate, hence those conversations with customers, what will come out of this? How will it look different? What, how will customer needs have changed? Um, and so, you know, sailing the ship through today, but also focusing on tomorrow. Absolutely. And we have been talking a lot about that. This this is a stage that we need to remember about the Everest to repeat yeah. the vision, the mission, and the values. And even more than repeating them, showing them and leading by uh, example. So it's it's very easy to panic and completely forget the very big vision. Oh, sorry, that sorry, my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Uh, so it's it's a very good point that uh, that you are definitely doing. So and and number two is related with what we are just discussing, uh, which is world class leadership, yeah. and uh, it, it's related with about being that example. And as you were anticipating, uh, we always like to discuss the article from Ben Orovitz of the wartime CEO and the yeah. peacetime CEO, and you already anticipated uh, discussing radical focus that great teams are are good for wartime and and peacetime and, and for all times but do you think that we need to have any adjustments and as a as a, um, as a leader uh, i think that we are seeing some leaders emerging out of uh, wartime and talking about specifically scale-ups uh, I, I see some ceos that are that are having a lot of fun because yeah. especially on when scaling up they get a little bit bored because now they feel themselves as employees of mm -hmm. their own companies mm -hmm. and they can't be so rebels and pirates as they were in the past they need to bring out people that know more than themselves and let them lead so this is mm -hmm. very complex for a founder who has been always in wartime yeah. and so now they are having fun so i need to come back again i need to make decisions etc etc so what what is your your view on how leaders are shaping on your portfolio are shaping this crisis and how they are adjusting in terms of leadership style to this situation yeah and i think again i've seen amazing sorry i just want to make sure this doesn't go off again i've seen amazing examples of um ceos just jumping um into the the mix um connecting at a very very human level with their customers and startups and authenticity is key what i do however want to say is i think the future we're in uh we're going into as well as where we are today i think it's I think you can't only think of being a wartime or a peacetime CEO. Mm -hmm. I think you almost have to be a, I think now more than ever, you're going to have to discover what is your own authentic leadership style and then 
be your own person. It's not, I mean, and I don't know if that really makes sense, but what I've seen in terms of startups and big corporations, the, the leaders that are followed most by people are the ones who simply at this point in time are authentic. Can't say, I don't know um, how this is gonna end, but this is my plan. Um, some days they're inspiring, some days they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the charge, they're in control. I think it's a much more complex model of leadership that is evolving. Not to say that that model, leadership model of wartime, peacetime is incorrect. But I, as I look now, I think the, 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 the real ones who actually navigate through all of this are the ones that can adapt and not, you know, you don't have long chunks of time where you're a wartime CEO and then a peacetime CEO. You literally that minute by minute, and I think the right. people who can build that muscle to know in the given minute, what do I need to do and how do I need to act and adapt my style? Um, I think they're the ones, I see them as the ones who are, um, you know, most um, able to navigate through this and take their people on the journey with them. Um, and then I think that human connection, I think there's been, and I don't know if this goes with wartime or peacetime, but it comes down <laughs> to humans, right? So I, the, the, the CEOs that I've seen uh, have done the best are the ones that, despite the technologies, um, in spite of having Zoom team calls, et cetera, et cetera, some are still reaching through the technology and are able to connect with their people at a very human level. So an example, we did it recently. Um, we just sent everybody a little postcard that's, uh, and, and that's in the post, the snail mail, a postcard that said, here's a picture of the good times. We know it's really difficult. We're there for you. Come and talk to us anytime you want to. Or I've seen some um, uh, CEOs, um, again, in Israel, make donations to the community on behalf of employees. Um, you know, so I think it's all those little, we can have these fancy ideas of wartime and peacetime CEOs, but I would say it's, forget all of that at this point in time and in future, especially when we're really going to operate increasingly through technology, uh, the, the, the greatest leaders will be the ones who can treat their individuals in their teams as individuals, their customers as well, and really make a human connection and a difference not only in the world, but your teams should feel that you're making a difference to their, to their lives on a daily basis. And you're not simply treating your Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Blue Jeans calls as transactional calls where you just get stuff done, right? right. And so it, it, it's not, I think the picture is much less clear but for me the, the 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 key insight is we all need to develop a muscle that minute by minute we're going to be required to act very very differently that's that's really amazing and let's go out of script a little bit here uh which is uh, there are some scale-ups who might be worried about the their situation and regarding cash and so on and yeah. uh, I would say that the ones who are exposed to enterprise clients, this might be even a very good opportunity because digital transformation is accelerating and a lot of products exactly. that are mm -hmm. suited for uh, to sell to large corporates um, might be even more relevant now than yeah. uh, in the previous times. At the same time, for corporates, uh, and you also have that uh, at this is also a huge opportunity and a huge need to co collaborate even more uh, with 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 scale-ups. So this might be the perfect storm to be even more engaged, more collaborative, working more together uh, regarding investment, collaboration, yeah. partnerships, clients, providers, etc. So what's your view on that? On My time? view is and I think we need to 
I don't know if it's whether we all come together as scale-ups and as corporates to redefine what the rules of the game are. That's the one point I have to make because we always know it's not easy for traditional corporates to work with scale-ups and vice versa. It doesn't only mean the corporates are challenging, but sometimes the scale-ups, if you don't have experienced teams, it's really difficult to make that relationship work. So for me, it almost feels as if, um, and I can see the lines blurring between what is a traditional corporate and where does a scale-up start and organizations and businesses in future really will be quite different to what, what we see them today. And that's why I say, I wonder where we can have a dialogue around what that collaboration can look like in future, which is much more than what it was in the past and needs to be much more than, than it was in the past. And in order for it to work in future, um, I think corporates will have to adapt and change even faster. Um, it's not just simply a question of resolving their technology challenges by bringing startups on board. That totally won't work. Um, I, I think that I think I, I've said a few times this week that I think the key um, opportunity or the way in which we all need to work when it comes to redefining this relationship is we're going to have to do it like flying an airplane and change the engine on the go. So it's not, it's, it's somehow going to have to happen very, very quickly. So there's education for me, um, rethinking their business models, how they work actually needs to happen on both sides. Um, otherwise, I think the huge opportunity is there, but I don't think it will be partially um, um, materialized, but the true potential will not be unlocked unless we start thinking differently about how, do business, what, how does business work? How do we define business models? How do we define collaboration, um, et cetera? Yeah, and just uh, picking your investor at and also your, your coaching and advisor at, mm -hmm. uh, there is this kind of perception that uh, enterprise-oriented uh, scale-ups will suffer less yeah. than uh, SMB-oriented um, scale-ups. So what's your view on that? And excluding, of course, the dramatic verticals like travel, airlines, and so on, that uh, even yeah. in, in enterprise, it might be tricky to, to get good results in the upcoming uh, weeks. Yeah, so I don't know whether anybody can answer that question yet today, <laughs> right? If I could, I, I probably would be... <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> yeah. um, what I can say, though, is I think everyone will thrive, no matter what stage you are, what, what box you play in. If you get outside of your box and start thinking very differently about your customers, about your business model about what what normal is etc and this might sound so obvious but i don't really see a lot of people doing it and that goes back to the earlier point i made around for all of those that you've mentioned the ones that are going to be successful are the ones that are navigating through today but are also already creating tomorrow through mm -hmm. the things that they start doing today to navigate this crisis right so everything you do shouldn't just be crisis control but it should be part of a building block towards your future and a different way of working. And I think that holds true for everybody. And I'm quite curious to see what new models of collaboration and commerce will em emerge out of this. I think we're just literally at the very, very beginning of it. And, and picking now your investor at, uh, will your uh, sourcing efforts, your investments will increase, decrease, keep in the same level? So what's your, your view and how, how active are you during this week's? 
Yeah, I think one needs to be responsible. And I think your first responsibility goes to your current portfolio companies. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that the key focus is on making sure that we navigate and steer and help them um, to tap into all the wealth of resources and funding opportunities that are out there, that we stay consistent and that we support them. Um, probably sourcing will be slower, um, mm -hmm. to be quite frank. But sourcing never okay. stops, as you know, right? You can't right. stop your sourcing. You still need to build the pipeline, be connected. And again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. I'm quite curious about how we can do that much more effectively digitally, right? Um, yeah. And so whilst the focus is on helping your existing portfolio companies, I think at the same time, one always needs to keep an eye open. And no one will ever say no to investing in something that truly is amazing or breakthrough, right? So, and again, this comes back to where I think startups really during, or scale-ups, right? Any businesses during this point in time really need to be so crisp on what is their USP in terms of their customers, their product, their technology offering. You need to stand out because in a world where sourcing and investment might be slower, the ones that will get that sourcing funding and investment will be the ones that are solving the world's big customer problems, I think, or even the world's mm -hmm. biggest problems and are truly unique. Got it. And let's move to the third critical ingredient to scale a culture of execution. And working from home is now the new normal and we don't yeah. know for how many weeks uh, it will be. We see that China is some weeks uh, ahead of us with, with some speakers from yeah. China in, in previous um, shows, show episodes. Um, but, and, and given uh, your very good understanding of, again, culture, uh, and also combining that you are, and I've experienced it myself several times with you, you are so organized and so productive as, as a leader. So you take mm -hmm. very good time of, of the way you lead your meetings, the way you lead your agenda and so on. So, and, and you were saying before, now it's not only about getting things done and getting to meetings mm -hmm. and go for the agenda and, and accomplish mm -hmm. the five minutes, one minutes, 30 seconds and, and get out of the meeting. We also need to have those kind of relationship building, nurturing, understanding if people are well. So what are some of the rhythms that are, are helping you to, to keep building, to keep nurturing that culture and those fellows uh, that will make your business uh, strong? Yeah, I think some of, I mean, it's not easy, right? So, and it, I don't think it comes naturally. And what I've seen in terms of the last couple of weeks, and I've seen this globally when speaking to people is that whilst in the beginning, people were a bit like, oh, this is interesting. We're going to do Zoom now. And, you know, we'll have our meetings over Zoom. And then the realization was actually it works. This is amazing. Oh, Zoom has a new background, Microsoft Teams. Let's change all our backgrounds. And that's fun. Exactly. What I'm now starting to see is people are getting a little bit tired. And I think the ones I'm noticing, and this is just my personal experience, that are getting tired are people who sit in front of their laptop the whole day, coming to the room and not, you know, take <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm equally guilty. But um, it's at a personal level, one has to be much more thoughtful around the boundaries, um, you know, that you put in place, connections, getting up, taking care of yourself emotionally, physically, all that kind of, all that kind yeah. of good stuff. Um, and then I think what also works is having a bit of spontaneity. So we have coffee meetings or, you know, sometimes just phone someone as opposed to seeing them on Zoom or, right. 
you know what I mean? I think it's an it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because let's face it, we don't always want to show our face on on camera, right? Absolutely. And some, I've, I've found if I just give someone a phone call nowadays, they're like, oh, you're phoning me just to chat to me. Yes, this is, there's still something, another way of communicating. <laughs> and so if I have to summarize it, I would say it's around, um, again, what I said earlier, that human connection, that spontaneity, balancing that with, you have to have a very different rhythm and rigor um, in terms of being disciplined that you don't only sit in front of your computer, but that you replicate your offline day as well. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's, it's also kind of good to have a little bit of fun and show some vulnerability sometimes, right? I'm sure we've all had calls in our pajamas, although no one would have known about it. Um, <laughs> But, but let's have a little bit, bit of fun with the technology as well. But forget everything that I've said. It's like, I think you have to take care of yourself as a leader. Because if, if you start then also mirroring and showing to your teams that it's not just about this relentless Zoom um, fest, but that you're right. still willing to reach out and connect to them at a human level, um, surprise them, et cetera, recreate those moments where you just would have gone for a coffee with someone. I mean, that's super important because I am starting to see people saying, oh, it was cool, but actually now I'm starting to feel quite isolated and I want to see people. And actually it's quite boring because I don't know what day of the week it is or, you know, um, and exactly. so, you know, I, I think that element of surprise, human connection, all of that, but with an underlying rhythm that keeps you still getting up and productive is super important. That's awesome. And we come to the last question of the show, yeah. uh, which is, I will let you define the moment in time that you'd like to ask um, this question to your younger self. But if you would have the opportunity to meet Anime uh, at the beginning of eBay, Skype, PayPal, yeah. PepsiCo, or even uh, energy or, or purple pitch, purple you decide the moment. What advice would you give to your uh, younger self at that time? Uh, enjoy every moment, the good and the bad, right? So be in the moment. Don't be so focused on what comes next. Um, even if you're working on what comes next, I think it's really important because what you have today, you'll never have again. You can't have tomorrow today yet. And yesterday is gone. So I think it's about absolutely being so present um, with every single experience. Um, that would be the first thing. And the second thing would be really to embrace a mindset of abundance, what is possible, mm -hmm always choosing that as opposed to um and i've really tried to do that as opposed to focusing on what's not possible or why i can't do something so i think those would be the two things be present but really present um enjoy the good enjoy the bad um and really embrace abundance there is it, that something is always possible Love it. Uh, Anime, thanks so much for making the time to share your experience with us. Uh, the community and myself, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Take care. And to our community, thanks for being on that side. We keep bringing you the best of the best, the best experiences, the best playbooks, the best tools, so you can thrive during peacetime and wartime and leverage this amazing opportunity to keep scaling or be stronger to keep scaling after the crisis. See you soon, keep scaling.